This is Strange Assembly episode 224, Launch Party. I'm Chris Stevenson, and here with me today is Mike Cook. Yo! Hey, this is Strange Assembly, your Legend of the Five Rings and tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there in the Google Play Music Store or in the Apple Podcasts app. Ooh, let me throw in, because I keep forgetting to say this, we do still like it if people go on iTunes and such and give us ratings and reviews, because that does help other people find the podcast we are going to talk about three things today mike was not here for the the l5r gen con episode so he's going to give some of his thoughts about gen con we're also going to as part of that have the live recorded l5r stuff at gen con that was not in the prior l5r gen con episode because we wanted to keep the the length down then we've been to launch parties, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we will talk about the six-packs in six weeks announcement, which I have to admit when I saw that on the, the FFG forum, someone had like the subject line six-packs six pack, six pack, six packs in six weeks. I thought it was some sort of bad spam topic for, <laughs> you know, your like ab workout or something. Right. So... Why don't we kick off with Gen Con, and what were your thoughts on L5R at at Gen Con and the big launch? For L5R at Gen Con, so I did not get in the Kikometsuri, which of course is a disappointment to me, but at the same point, I spent enough time on Friday during the tournament that that that's probably okay overall. So I, I think Single Core definitely has some problems as an environment just because it's so random you will just lose to a flop like it just it just happens like you just don't get to play games probably i I have to imagine even more so than it would in like a traditional three core or whatever a full more full uh card base but at the same point it was kind of fun to play in an environment where when your opponent played like their way of card you knew they weren't going to get that back until they shuffled their deck, which means they were probably going to lose by honor loss. So it was kind of neat because it gave you a little bit less to think about, or like, you know, it's like, okay, well, they can have three copies of this card. No, they can only have one copy of that card. But overall, so it's interesting. I've played a lot of it now between uh, Gen Con and the release event. I played seven rounds of Gen Con. I was happy with my five and two record, which got me my nifty stronghold but only was good enough for, like, fourth crane because my strength of schedule was real bad. It was uh, it was something else. But overall, I had a lot of fun. I do, like, I know the rounds were longer because it was an intro event, but I do hope they speed it up and they reinforce and that they rework the uh, tiebreaker rules for uh, for the time rules or whatever. Overall, I had a lot of fun, though. I thought it was a good event overall. With a little bit quicker pace, uh, probably could be even better. <laughs> and, of course, the One Core environment is now officially gone. The launch parties were the last thing that used it. We're now into Three Core for the the remainder of the sort of rollout events and worlds and and all that. Did you, are you going to Worlds or anything? No. Yeah, so I, I got tickets to Worlds. Like I won, oh, really? I, w- I won that lottery, but it turns out I can't go because the family stuff came up. But I should be able to go to uh, the first, I hope, the first Grand Cote. Because actually, right before they announced that there was going to be a grand cote at PAX Unplugged, we got approved for a press pass to PAX Unplugged. Uh, so that's pretty good timing. That, yeah, like that'll. There we go. Okay, you channeled your void ring there. <laughs> so that that will go out. I uh, I will um, go up and uh, 
and 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 see how well I can hang. Because one of the, yeah, I guess I'll tell you this a little bit more in the launch party thing. But one of the things I've learned is that I, I do not have the time uh, for some of the hardcore, keeping up with this sort of thing these days, like you know, going to play like three nights a week or something like that. But we'll hit that in the launch party. So what? Let for right now listener let me go ahead and throw you to the audio from gen con and this is just going to be some snippets of either me talking or us there's a group talking or some other players remember there's not a terrible lot because we had that issue with my recorder wandering off so you know it's not uh super great audio or as much as i i would have hoped but uh we'll See you on the other side of that to talk about the the launch parties. Recording. Oh, now it's recording? Now it is. I can say stupid things and you'll actually put them on the podcast again? It depends on the nature of the stupid. So the usual, okay, got the, it. The, the usual level of stupidity, obviously, is acceptable for the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so we're just sitting here waiting for the Kiku Matsuri, whatever it's pronounced, to start. There are a lot of people here. I am impressed at just how many people showed up in armor. I'm feeling kind of underdressed. You have a, a cape and a banner. I have a cape and a banner. I'm feeling underdressed. Is that really a Rokugani cape no. anyway? No, this is just is something Is that just else. for True Dungeon later? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, for, it's for True Dungeon. It looks cool. I, I may... Air quotes okay. are rather cool, but... It's within, me in within, it. Within context. Yes. It is, it's still me in it, so there's a threat, there's a, a, a ceiling to the cool level it can hit. Yes. So we're here. I, I did manage to... I, I say I managed to get uh, a ticket, a real ticket for today. I say manage as if it was through some massive skill of my own. An awesome fan. Thanks, Charles. Uh, had one and said, Chris... Do you still not have one? No, I don't. Yay! Yeah. Happy days are here. You've got a golden ticket. Well, no, the golden ticket actually was the early access thing. Yeah, you got that too. Yeah, so I didn't have to wait in it. Well, yeah, Jay's shaking his fist at me. So I didn't have to wait in the giant long fantasy flight line to buy L5R stuff today because it was a shortish fantasy yes. flight line at the time, but I had to wait in an even longer <laughs> line to get the early access. So... Uh, yeah, I was kind of, we're in the L5R section, but why not? Yeah, I was kind of surprised how little Fantasy Flight was selling of the newly announced stuff. I was thinking, like, yeah. Dragonhold and Civ A New Dawn and... Yeah. I want and, Fallout board games. Yeah, yeah that sounds like, cool. I'm like, I, like, Fallout's okay, but that, that was actually what, like, I, I, I probably would have been like, I'm totally actually going to buy that and put it on eBay. I don't usually like doing that, but that thing was going to go, like, yeah. oh, no, yeah, going, like yeah. insane. Uh, but they had TI4... And, like, the X-Wing expansion and uh, Path to Carcosa and Legend of the Five Rings. So now we have... I now, I now have yet another Legend of the Five Rings play, uh, t-shirt and playmat. That you'll never use. Well, I will probably use the playmat today because, you know... You got it. I, I, I paid for it, so I may as well use it. I, That's the spirit. I don't, I've got it with me already, so it's not like I have to bother to carry it around. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. So we are, I'm, so this had an official attendance of 704, so that would be 352 tables, right? I showed up relatively late to get my uh, badge, and I'm 329, so I think we may be closer than I thought this would be to having, like, people actually show up. Yeah, no, uh, it's crazy. I mean... Those those people may drop after their the round one with their their box or something, but I hope they don't. Stay and play. Go for it. And now someone wants to take Jay's picture, so we're gonna stop. Made the trip from around the world to be here. I also want to thank everybody that's watching the live around the world right now. Thank you very much. You're in for an amazing day today. This event and what happens afterwards has been in two years in the making. And 
an army of countless people who worked behind the scenes to make this happen. Please give them a round of applause. I wish I could thank everybody who made this happen, but we would be here for another couple weeks if that was true. Before we go any further, though, I want to recognize those who came before us, the original creators and designers of the game, Dave Williams, John Wick, DJ Trindle, Matt Wilson, John Zinger. I especially want to give a thanks to John Zinzer, who's been a good friend of mine. It's been my honor and privilege to know him for nearly 20 years now. He's an amazing person who puts so much energy into it, into this game, into this community. And without his caretakership over this for the past 20 years, we wouldn't be here today. So thank you, John. There's been so many people involved, both officially and unofficially, that have brought this community forward. There is one other individual that I want to call out before we move on today. I had a store, as some of you know, way back in the 90s when this game came out. There was a young man when he was 13 years old that I taught how to play the game in my store. He played in a big group. At that time, five of the top ten players in the world played out of that store. He went on to become a world champion with the Phoenix Clan, and he went on to become the lead designer of the game, and that person's name is Brian Reese, and I want to thank him as well. <laughs> Next, I want to thank the design and story team that is bringing you going to bring out representatives of the different clans, and you're going to have your chance to declare your fealty to which clan you want to serve, which clan you're going to be a part of. That's something that is at the heart and soul of Rogue God. And there's going to be consequences for those choices. First of all, the winning clan today is going to earn the Emperor's favor. That means at the World Championship Winter Court event in November, all of the prizes and decorations are going to be themed to that clan. And not only is your performance here today going to determine that, but everybody watching today, we put hashtags out for social media. When I call each clan out, that's going to be your cue to vote for your clan. And we're going to tabulate that, as well as the performance of everybody here today, and tomorrow we will announce who the winning clan is. On top of that, those who go 5-0 and today will become Rogogon's first Hatsumoto's. And you're going to be presented with a very important choice immediately that's going to affect not only the Unicorn Clan, but all of Rogogon. So think about what clan you're serving and think about what you want to do with that choice if it, if it is up to you. All right? Now, without further ado, I want to bring out each of the clans. Starting with the clan that defends the wall. They clan right now. Alright, next. The clan that defines culture for Rogagon. The very essence of culture. Artists and artisans, perfectionists in all they do. From master duelist to the art to craft, to the very culture of Rogogon itself. Those of you that have decided to declare loyalty to the Crane Clan, now is the time to show that support. Alright, one last time, let's hear it for the Crane Clan. Alright, this one's a bit of a challenge for me. The clan that oversees Rogogon shrouded in mystery from their temples and monasteries in the mountains. They watch over the empire. 
They rarely get involved in the politics and the doings of Rogogon, but when they do, it's for reasons the other clans can't even comprehend. Poets, warrior monks, samurai without peer, the greatest duelist in the empire. Now is the, now is the time. Now is the time to show your loyalty to the Dragon Clan. Everybody around the world, let's hear the Dragon Clan. All right. Next, the blind of the Emperor. Every samurai in Rogogon measures their honor, their du duty, and loyalty to the standards set by the Lion Clan. The masters of warfare, the defenders of the realm. Let's hear it for the fierce lion clan. All right, one more time, Let's hear it for the samurai of the of the lion clan. Next we have the spiritual caretaker of Rogogon, those who commune with the Kami the strongest, a clan of contradiction, overwhelming power with incredible restraint, the masters of the elements, I give you the Phoenix Clan. Rogogon, one more time, let's hear it for the Phoenix Clan. Okay, next, we have the clan that lies, cheats, and steals for the empire to protect it from itself and those within and without. The clan that has taken loyalty to such a degree that they are willing to sacrifice their honor for the honor of the empire and the emperor. Let's, let's hear your loyalty to the Scorpion clan. Okay, Rogugan, one more time, let's give it up for the Scorpion Clan. Last but certainly not least, we have the clan that left Rogugan a thousand years ago to search for enemies beyond our borders so that they would never reach Rogugan. Upon their return, they have found that they are strangers in their home, yet they continue to serve the Empire and fight to protect it at all costs. They may be strangers, but they are samurai none the same. Let's hear it for the Unicorn Clan. He was a... He's one of the greatest samurai has ever been my privilege to know. My great honor today to lead the first bonsai in his arm, honor. So those of you not familiar, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Boots, and your response is bonsai. This is the point where we scare the out of everyone. And I want to shake the pillars of heaven to let Joe know we love him. All right, Samurai Rogugan, stand. Now is the time to show your spirit. Are you ready?
So my name is Jonathan Cake, I'm Hida Shingosha on the Discord channel. Um, I have just gone through my second rounds of the uh, opening tournament. I'm currently 2-0. I am a crab player with Dragon Splash. Um, so far, my thoughts on the game. I really like what uh, the I really like the living card game concept. I, this is new to me. Um, I appreciate what they've done to try to bring in some of the old concepts and themes and story-driven, um, you know, um, aspects of the old game into the new game. So I'll give uh, FFG props for that. Um, so far, it seems to be working out really well. Um, I, I look forward to playing against uh, other players, and I look forward to getting to three to three cores as opposed to a single core. So <laughs> that's uh, that's a little frustrating. So it's a little tight with just the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but so far, and so far the con's been great. Granted, it's Thursday, but <laughs> so far everything's been good. It's the first time I've been back to Gen Con in over a decade. So, did you come back because of L five R or yeah. something else? L5R. Right, exactly. That's, so, that's why Gen Con sold out this year, L5R. Exactly, exactly. And if it and if people didn't show for that, well, I don't know what's wrong with the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, nice playing you. Thank you. All right, so it's Friday. It's Gen Con. We're, we're, right now, Strange Assembly is completely undefeated today. Mike Cook is undefeated, and we have played games. We're not, we're not just made up. Mike's undefeated. Jay's undefeated. I'm undefeated. Yes! Our mighty, powerful, undefeated record. We are each one out. Yeah. It's Friday here at Gen Con, the 50th Gen Con here, 2017. This is uh, Ron Abo, uh Ronnie Hembry. Um, this is my second Gen Con. I was here back at the 2015 one. Um, the turnout here for the, the new L5R LCG was... An amazing experience uh, yesterday for the Kiku Matsuri. Um, it was it was a fabulous experience. Um, there were some kinks here and there with the way it was run, but um, Fantasy Flight did their best with the you know, huge crowd we had, lots of new people. Um, it was. A, blast to play with some of the new people and talk about how long I've played and, and and see old friends and stuff play that hadn't played in a while so um so um I could say that the new game so far I'm really excited to see what's coming in the future for it it's got a lot of great mechanics uh and course the artwork and everything spot on gorgeous so I, I I really commend Fantasy Flight for for doing a bang up job on the game and um, I can't wait to buy more cards and tokens <laughs> so you said you were here at the, the 2015 Gen Con now the 2017 so that was like the last L5R Gen Con and the first L5R yeah. Gen Con. So you're either lucky or a gigantic jinx. Which one? Well, I would probably say a little luck, but <laughs> the last was kind of a sort of a melancholy moment the way it ended because we had that party and that, that 20th anniversary party was... It just seemed like a wake. It was we didn't know at the time, and but it just felt like there was some sort of forbidding, unknown doom of what was to come. And then we find out days later that oh yeah, by the way, uh, nothing that we talked about and anything that happens in the future is going to happen now because the game is um, kaput and we're going to let somebody else take over and let them do what they want to do with it so um i'm i'm, I'm kind of glad to see that the game has finally come out in its new form and uh it's really generated a huge buzz with our 700 plus players we had on 
Thursday, so uh, the future is bright for Legends of the Five Rings, and I'm happy to be a part of it. This is Trevor Cuba, a.k.a. Kikita Odimaru from the Crane Clan Forums, the best clan forums. Here to remind every, all the Strange Assembly listeners that Chris Stevenson is, in fact, wrong about Harriers. That is all. Good day. The, the Crane Clan have long memories. But I have to ask, so you're the, you're the best clan forums, that's what you said, right? Absolutely. Okay. But just to clarify, the Dragon Clan forums are the clan forum of the best clan. I'm turning it off. No response allowed. <laughs> well, when the CEO owns the, uh, is a Crane Clan's favorite, we'll see how the balance comes out then. So let's tank, let's tank the FSG version, and we need a clan loyal company to buy the game, and then maybe Crane will start running rampant over the single core environment. He's not a CEO, just a vice president of something. It's not the same thing. Hi, my name is John Urbanek. I've been part of Legend of the Five Rings for over 10 years at this point, starting back from what was still under AEG. I've been playing Crane pretty much the entire time. I think I learned with Dragon, but I never played competitively outside of Crane. The new game is great. I enjoy how they play. They've done an amazing job here at Fantasy Flight Games. I'm really excited. Everyone's having a good time. If you are even on the fence about playing this game and you're an old player, I highly recommend that you take advantage. It's worth the trouble. Did you want to point out, gloat to anyone about how you punished me for assassinating all your crane personnel or crane characters? So I'll throw in the tip, I guess. Uh, Dragon is really, really strong right now. Apparently, if you're crane, just go for the dishonor victory because apparently it seems to work out pretty well because it's worked twice so far. I guess I'll, I'll keep that going. Okay, so that that was Gen Con. Then over uh, October 5th, Legend of the Five Rings officially came out. That was sort of launch party weekend, although I know someone is still having a, a launch party in our area, or my area, this coming weekend, you know, the, the, the following weekend after. But right, I'm in Northern Virginia now, and I think in the D.C. metro area, I mean, not like Baltimore, not like all the way up to Baltimore or anything, I think there are there were at least five stores that... We're having L5R launch parties, several of which are then immediately going to doing weekly tournaments as well. That's why I made my comment earlier, like, I, I, I can't go to five stores a week for, for the weekly tournaments. That just doesn't work for me. Right. You got to go to a launch party on launch night, right, Mike? There was one on Thursday that I ended up not going to because I ended up just feeling terrible, so I went straight home. But I went to three on Saturday? And then one on Sunday. <laughs> That's a lot. Did you, did you get to get randomly selected to load up on promos or or the the alt art stuff? Well, sorry, not I mean, alt art of uh, full full art. Yeah, the full art. I can't say that wasn't not something on my mind, but really, like, like I've been playing L five R for a very long time, and L five R has been something that's kind of gone down for me in like the last I don't know five six years. Like you know, I hadn't played it. Uh, in a while, uh, I think since somewhere towards the end of Emperor Edition or somewhere in the middle of Emperor Edition when my backpack got stolen that one Gen Con. Um, so a lot of it was me just going and seeing, I mean, a lot of it's just Atlanta is really spread out, right? So there's a bunch of different stores because it's actually 30 to 40 miles away from another store and Atlanta is a really big city. Uh, so a lot of it was me actually going to see people and, you know, it's also nice that there's promo stuff, but a lot of times, like, I showed up, paid five bucks, and played, like, one game, and then immediately had to go to the next one. <laughs> but it was a good time. Yeah, I, I have to learn to uh, to remember how the new game works, because I... So I went to two launch parties. There was one that was that was on Thursday, the day it released, but I was not able to go to that, because family... But I did go to one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And I got selected for the full art champ uh, both times. And the second time I went, oh, well, I've already got the Yakuni. So I should get one that that has, uh, like, I'll just pick another clan that has good art. Completely forgetting for the moment that I'm allowed to play with three copies of my unique clan champion in my deck. <laughs> yeah, th these are problems I had as well because people keep asking my opinion about 
about things. And I'm like, you have to understand, I've played so much single core now that I think all of my perceptions are completely out of whack. Like, I really need to get back into, like, three core or whatever to try and reset myself. Yeah, I, I hear Crane's good. Hmm? Yeah, I have, I have not, well, because they actually, I think they tend to be boom or bust in single core. They either, like, will wipe you out second turn or just never see anything and never put up any kind of fight. And I think the consistency will only help that in three core. Yeah, so the launch party is interesting. These are all casual events, I suspect. An awful lot of the people who listen to this will have indeed gone to their own launch parties. But yeah, one of them, I I actually spent the lion's share of my time demoing. Like, here, let me, teaching someone how to play with a... Luckily, I, I brought my extra product along that I had from Gen Con because the store sold out. And so I had, like, my single core deck built to play with people, and then I was able to demo people by cracking open, you know, another one that was still, that I hadn't, right, because the, the, the physical stuff I had was single core, uh, so busting open another one to be able to demo, and then the and then on Sunday I just played with my own deck, yeah. which was still not, not much different than what I had had at Gen Con at the end, because right. Lion still seems like a solid splash for Dragon, and in this, I mean, there's a variety of different splashes you can do, but I, I, th- there's not a lot to overthink on this, you know, for some casual play weekend. But, right. I mean, it's it's pretty exciting to see all the enthusiasm for it. There were, I, I don't know, I took pictures and posted them on the Facebook page. I, but I mean, there were you know, over a dozen people for each of the ones that I went to. And despite the fact that there were five of them for people to choose from. Now, obviously, some of those people were like me, where you were at more than one of them. But that was pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure that I care about getting stickers, but, you know, the other stuff is nice. I like the stickers, but that's just me. Yeah, no, actually, so I spent, it was like 50-50. Like, I definitely played people. I feel like there was maybe some miscommunication because I played a whole bunch of three-core decks I'm like, uh, whatever, you know, I'm just here to play. I'm not really going to worry about it too much. I ended up beating a couple of those. <laughs> but um, it, it was just like, uh, they would play away of and I'm like, okay, they don't have that card anymore. And then they played the second one, and I'm like, hmm, this is, uh, okay, we'll have, to, we'll have to work this out. But I spent about half of my time trying to make corrections for folks. Like, people just, there's a lot of little things to miss. Uh, a lot of folks miss that you get eight feet when you go second. People were missing that you lose an honor when you lose an uncontested uh, victory for your opponent. But if they're at zero strength, it doesn't count as a win, so you don't lose an honor. It, just a whole bunch of little things like this. And then half of it was actually just really good competition and playing with folks. And there seemed to be a lot of enthusiasm. I saw a little bit of frustration with the system because it can be a little complex, like I said, but for the most part, everybody seemed to be really having a blast and having a good time. I agree with you that the the honor loss for the undefended battle is, I think, just constantly forgotten. Yeah. We had to keep going back. There were definitely people who brought three cores and people who only brought three cores, but I don't... I, I I guess I thought that like the people who had three cores were kind of at least at ours were clear about I have a three core deck. Do you? Right. Which uh, you know, so it's not like somebody was ambushing somebody with a a one core. Right. But yeah, th- there was a a mix. I think at ours, if there were people like me who like had gone to Gen Con and had three cores already, and there were there were also people who were buying them and cracking them and building them right there. Right. And to be clear, there was no price, really no price support beyond just the regular price support everybody got, so there's really no incentive to, like, cheat or anything like that. I don't want to, you know, it was just a miscommunication. Oh, uh, yeah, and, yeah, like, at ours, at ours, all the stuff handed out was just, like, we've got these promos, we're going to hand them out at random. Right. Off, uh, off of the sign-up sheet. Yeah, I, I, well, I had, I went to ones that were small enough, they were just like, okay, here, you can pick which one you want, and we kind of knew everybody was in different clans, so it wasn't going to hurt anybody, and then I went to other ones where it was randomly handed out, so it was, you know, it was what everybody was cool with. The second day, I actually helped someone build their deck, then taught them how to play the game. (laughs) 
So, like, beginning to end uh, took him all the way through the process. Yeah, I don't know. So at least here, and it seems like most places, I thought the launch parties were uh, a big success for Fantasy Flight and for the stores. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. The only thing that I saw that was a little bit of confusion is that it seemed like the instructions came separate from the price kits. Like, they sent the price kits, but then the the instructions were on a website, so it might be potentially easy to miss the instructions. Is You know, because those game kits are supposed to last, like, three different events, apparently. Uh, yeah, well, there's the three different rollouts, and yeah, so the, the next thing is you get the... Is it the full, like, the, the, the art versions of the Imperial Favor? Right, the, yeah. So, but yeah, because there's, there's three of them. This was supposed to be one core casual. The next one is supposed to be three core casual. And then the one after that would be an actual tournament. Right. But yeah, I think that those went well. But here's a, let me to, uh, take us from uh, that topic to the next topic. So, we had... One of the stores here, it's Island Games in Centerville, Virginia. They are uh, doing a, I don't know what, clan, clan, I think they're like a clan champion for the store. I can't, I don't remember what they're calling it. But when they have like one, like the, they, they establish it at this first launch party and then it'll get like reset once a month. And it's, I, I think it's like whatever clan either has the most representation or whatever that person wins the tournament. It's like a an X Clan store for the month, and the players for that month get a discount on products. Like the people who have declared loyalty to that clan, and that's probably going to go very well for whatever clan that is that wins November, because <laughs> apparently there's going to be like four Dynasty packs coming out in yeah. one. <laughs> so. I was pretty surprised by this. So if you, for anyone who hasn't seen the announcement, instead of releasing the first Dynasty cycle one pack a month over six months, they're going to be released one pack a week over six weeks, which uh, I, I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of negative reaction. It My, my act, reaction was just sort of like, huh? That's weird. My reaction was actually positive. I would say that, yeah, it, it's a little truncated, and I can understand why folks would be worried maybe about the cost, but I also feel like there's this really weird, like, opposite. What I want to, so basically, the, the thing that I've heard is, oh, well, I really wanted to play this game and be very casual at it, but now I'm going to have to drop another $120 to stay current. That, to me, seems like two different things. Like, are, are you going to be casual, or are you going to stay current? I... You know, it's. I'm not going to be playing this game. Like, I'm going to be doing my best, but I'm not going to be sitting and testing for five hours or whatever. Uh, you know, if people, some people enjoy that, that's not just, you know, I've got too many other games I also want to play. So I, I'm very happy that we're not going to be left in the lurch like a lot of the LCGs are, where you get the base set, and the base set's fine, but, you know, if you've had your core set since August, you're already at, what, three months or something like that, or close to three months, two months of playing the exact same thing. And then it's going to be like maybe another, usually it would be another one month to four months before, you know, it might be January before they get the first pack out. So I'm happy to have that available. I also don't feel like anybody should necessarily be, feel pressured to buy all of them. I, I think in this case, you would just target which ones you want. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe just people feel compelled to buy everything. And that's kind of the whole LCG appeal. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the one thing. I always, I i don't think it's this big, awful, terrible thing like some people have said. However, I don't really go for the defense of, oh, well, you don't have to buy everything. Because that, that'll come up with, like, they make a new edition of the RPG, and people will say it's terrible. And, you know, other people say, well, just keep on playing the old edition. But, right, the whole premise of releasing the new product is to get people to buy the new product and the whole way that an lcg works is to have a not everybody right some people are just i buy the core and then i'm done but for the most part to have players you know the ongoing players buy every single pack that's that's what they want right they're not they're not going to release you know there's a reason why they don't have like a seven pack cycle where each pack only has cards for one clan 
you know, like yeah. every single pack is going to have cards for every single clan because they want every single player to buy every single pack to the yes. extent that they can work that out. So uh, it now, I mean, and I, and I think there's also a distinct thing in there. I mean, I, you're absolutely right. It's great that there is not a big lull. Like it is great that the first dynasty pack will be hitting a month after the base game because you're right they've had some of these that come out and then it's four months and i think that is important to remember this pack is coming out a month after the base game launched i know you and i and some number of other people got it i mean a a non-trivial number of people got it at gen con and so we have had it since uh, you know the middle of august but you know the, the actual release was only just now uh, and I think that's a separate issue, right? Like, whether or not they launch Dynasty packs immediately, great, is a distinct issue from whether or not they then followed up by one a week. I guess it, it like the reason it's sort of weird to me is that I... Uh, the way that I think of the LCGs, part of the point of them is that you spread out... I mean, one, you just have a lower cost period than something like a CCG, which is still the case. Um... Uh, but also that you spread you you spread it out so i mean things change a little bit more gradually but more importantly like psychologically people are only dropping 15 bucks once a month you're never after the initial core set you're never asking somebody to come in and just drop a wad of cash all at once to buy the cards and i think that that is why it's causing a bit of a backlash amongst some you know I don't know how small a group of people it's it's obviously not nothing it's certainly not most people right like the right. people who say that they're now they're going to quit L5R in a minuscule minority but like I can see why psychologically if you know part of the way that LCGs work is is that just you only have this little bit once a month and changing that to just being a $90 drop uh, all at once. Or are these more expensive than their other packs? Are you said 120? No, yeah, I mean no, it's it's 15 bucks, so it would be oh, okay. So 90, yeah, okay. Yeah, they, yeah. Sorry, I don't okay. know where I got 100. I I saw one of the complaining posts and it probably stuck in my brain and I didn't stop to think about it. Well, 120 is uh, three cores, so maybe that was what I was thinking. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's 90. I mean you could. I mean I I know they're they're technically being released separately, but. I can see the same sort of thing. If they, if Fantasy Flight made an announcement, we're like, well, instead of releasing one Dynasty pack a month, we're going to release one big box every six months, and we're going to charge 90 bucks for it. I bet people wouldn't like that, even though it's exactly the same thing from a cost point of view. Just the fact that it's 90 all at once would would tense people up. And I think that's part of what's, going on here is it just just the un, you know subconscious psychology of it no i i 100 percent agree which i kind of find funny because for a long time my argument is that they should do something more like that not necessarily 90 dollars. they could scale back how many cards they put out and maybe they pull out more overall but i'd be better with more like fat packs or $30 packs or $45 packs where you get you know one of every three of everything not anything where you have to buy in triplicate or anything but instead of having these monthly packs, which can be hard to track, hard to figure out if you missed the last one or not, like if you just were out because you had to be on assignment for work for a month, right, which is probably what a lot of people have. And then you come back, you're like, wait, did I buy this pack or did I buy this other pack? You know, it, there just tends to be a lot if they actually hit the monthly schedule. And the individual packs tend to not have that much impact uh, for the most part, unless there's just some kind of crazy card. But over three or four packs, then they absolutely do have some impacts because they have, you know, they can set up a new thing and have support for that thing. And that's, you know, four or five cards is probably enough for that to happen. But no, so I mean, I get it. I don't think that this is going to be something that they do going forward. I think it might have been something they could have done it a little bit slower. Like they could have put them out once every two weeks, and that still would have been a double the speed. You know, getting us more cards much more rapidly, but at the same point, it's not quite as bad as six packs, six weeks. I I think you're absolutely right about it being a psychological thing. I I think if they do this and then they don't put out any more packs in six months, 
it's the exact same amount of money that you would have dropped. And I, I think you could potentially prioritize them and say, okay, well, I absolutely want this back. I absolutely want this back. I don't really care about these back half backs, right? And you just pick them up whenever you can. I hope that there is not a gap like that where like it's four and a half months till the next one because right. I I know that there are some folks who are saying, I mean, like if you're, I guess if you're one of the people who has been, you know, has been playing three core like every other day since Gen Con or since before Gen Con, if you're doing it online or every day and, and, and maybe will feel like there's a solved environment after Worlds, which is at the beginning of November. You know, and you want some kind of refresh. I get that. And again, I think it's great that they're launching the Dynasty Pack right away. But one of the nice things that's different about releasing one pack a month rather than one big chunk every six months is the way the environment re- revolves. I mean, you're right that any one pack usually doesn't change the environment that much, especially when they're like introducing some sort of new deck. But it does mean that every month there's something new to think about. There's some little new thing to try with the deck. There's never, you know, unless you get one of these lulls where they're having production or or shipping issues, there's never a period of time where there's like three or four months where there are no new cards coming out. And, And the environment and the changes that you're making are really just about uh, you know, reassessing and figuring out what other people are playing and what the meta meta on that is going to be with the LC. I mean, you there's there's always some sort of new recent card to try out, some sort of new thing. So I I hope that there is not a gap where we're effectively don't get any cards for four months after the Imperial cycle drops to sort of make up for the fact that they all got uh, came out soon. On the other hand, I'm I'm enough into L5R that if Fantasy Flight announced that it was going to just drop Dynasty Packs and release a deluxe box once a month for 30 bucks, I also wouldn't care. So, or, I mean, assuming that they can, you know, appropriate quality and whatnot, you know, their their resources have to be up to the task of, of handling that much throughput of cards, and I don't know if they are, but... Right. Well, I mean, but I, I have to say that well, maybe the execution isn't a hundred percent necessarily. I mean, I think it's as good a guess as any. Like I said, I think you could expand it a little bit and maybe do. Maybe you could have released the first three packs together and then done the other three packs a little bit later. Or maybe you could do it every two weeks or every three weeks, so it's a slightly accelerated, but not quite as accelerated. My guess is they're trying to get these packs out. I saw somebody else guess. I can't remember who. They're trying to get this out within a certain time frame, probably for like the Cote starting around January or whatever. But I, I just I would much rather have a little bit of wallet pain up front and actually have a nice big uh, base to try and solve and play through and figure out than to have this one base. It's like, OK, cool. I've been playing this for a while. I keep seeing the exact same cards. I keep seeing the exact same things. And then it goes on like that for like, you know, three months. And then you get a pack and it's like, oh, well, OK, I see one new guy in each deck and that's that's about it and then it's you know a few more months before you actually start seeing meta shifts yeah uh, well and and one of the things that people have suggested is is essentially that like the just the core environment for an lcg is really just not that varied enough you just don't have that much options and it could be that they that it could be that this is an implicit acknowledgement of that where they're basically deciding well like yeah there's really just not that many cards in a core right. set, and so we want to like we're pushing out the first cycle really fast, in part to just have a bigger base for people to play around with. I mean, it also may be part of of the whole launch, just right. a specific launch strategy. Like we like I was talking earlier, I, right? There are multiple stores in this area who are doing weekly tournaments or yep. or weekly play sessions or or whatever they are. There are these monthly events that Fantasy Flight is doing in October and November and it may be that they want to to you know feed on that like if people like it's launched stores are starting to do you know weekly nights or organized play events and now like to the benefit of both Fantasy Flight and the store 
right? I mean, I'm that this the idea would be that every single week I go into the store and when I go into the store to plan my tournaments, I buy the new pack. Uh, right. And right when they're getting a lot of people, you know, they're getting a lot of throughput on there. They may be, I mean, that may be able to, you know, just generate sell, sales well for them in a in a way that far exceeds whatever low level griping there is on the internet. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be uh, right. It's just a, a thing for them launching a new game would be my guess. I, I'm guessing they're going to go back to more of their regular schedule pretty soon, uh, like right after this. Yeah, I think this is a one-shot. What do I know, really? But the way that they presented it was as a special event, not, the, you know, this is how we're doing L5R Dynasty packs. Uh, and I think it is more about the launch in one way or another. I, You know, I don't know inside their, their heads what exactly it is, but I think it's more of a something about the launch rather than test balloon for, hey, what if we change to this long-term for LCGs? Right. I think the, the the open question would be is, what's the lag then between the end of the Imperial cycle and the launch of the next cycle? And it's fine if it's like the next one launches in January after a month and a half down, or two months down. They, it probably shouldn't be like, and then the next week is the first pack of the <laughs> of the second cycle. But I also think it shouldn't be you know, wait until next April. I don't think logistically they could get another cycle in that fast. Well, I I would have guessed that logistically they couldn't get in one cycle this fast. So, well, <laughs> I, I, actually, I was I was thinking about this, and this is pure speculation based on nothing other than just what I was thinking. Did they say October back at Gen Con? I guess they did say October back in Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, we knew October back in Gen Con. Okay, so they knew that. Because well, one of the things I was thinking was, well, maybe they meant to actually release L5R earlier but they couldn't get everything out, so they decided to push that back a little bit. But then, all of a sudden, hey, we've got the whole big cycle, because I'm sure they ship the whole cycle. You know, they probably ship it from China over to here, probably, like, as a whole cycle printed and then just distribute it out when the uh, the time is right. So maybe they were sitting on all of it and was like, well, you know, maybe we could go ahead and do this and kind of kills nah, two birds with one stone. If you follow their tracking on the website of, like, on the boat and stuff, they do not like print a whole cycle and then hold it and then dole it out bit by bit, at least not normally. Now right. it may be that for this, I think the, I, I don't, I don't know if we go on there now, if they'll all show up as on the boat. I know, well, I know earlier, I know earlier today, the first two were showing up as on the boat, but only the first two were actually doing that. I, I mean, it's just fun. Speculation is really all it is too. Like I said, I'm not basing it off of anything. I don't think it's necessarily apropos of anything. All I know is Yoshi is hecka good, and uh, I'm excited to have a second clan champ, and <laughs> he does not have a dash for military, which has a lot of story questions going through my head right now. <laughs> I am wondering if there's going to be a card that your opponent can play that says if Yoshi takes a province or if you put a, a katana on him, your opponent loses the game. <laughs> destroy target stronghold controlled yeah. by a kikita yoshi with a weapon yes well we don't but well, we we also uh, i mean we don't know if that particular aspect of his character is still there do we oh correct no no no, not at all that's you know that's kind of the fun thing is uh on the crane boards that's one of the first things we noticed or the crane facebook group as one of the first things that people noticed was that he didn't have a dash the dash is rough he can yes. still bonsai charge people. He can still bonsai people. <laughs> you can charge him into battle. That totally makes... Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> well, I mean, charging him in is probably not as effective, but, you know, he can... You know, well, you can charge him in there way the Bonsai is just a lot of military skill. A lot. <laughs> it is. The thing is, yeah. Well, we can... I mean, we can talk about the... We, we will We will have some more deck and card discussion on, on another day. But, yeah, it is... Uh, Bonsai is one of those cards where you're like, do I? Is there do what I? What I, is there a deck I don't put three of this card in? Uh, it it doesn't really seem like it. Yeah, no. I mean, there are uh, at least five. Uh, there's maybe five neutrals that feel like that should maybe be in every single deck. 
I mean, I could see the zero cost attachments maybe going a little way a little bit. I could see assassination fluctuating about how many copies you get, uh, you play, but they all seem seem like they're going to at least be at least two copies of bonsai. Seems like it's just going to be three copies of in every deck. I'm wondering if they're going to get a, a political bonsai. I can't imagine they will, and I probably don't want them to. But I think it's better to have some differentiation. I mean, court games is sort of like a political bonsai. True. Uh, and then you just get a nice little stat boost. I mean, but it but it's different, right? You see... Or your crab and it doesn't do anything for you. Well, it, it's, court games is obviously not as straightforward as bonsai, but I mean, if, right. if you was... On, but the, the fact that you can dishonor, you know, there you might be able to dishonor, you might be able to honor, and there are clans that make more use of it, and, and sure, yeah. and I, I... But just the fact that... Like, it, it's it's different, right? There are... Mm-hmm. Military stuff tends to be about like it seems to me like moving, like moving guys in and bulking up your force. And there's more political stuff is like you know it's the more the cutesy stuff. Like I dishonor my guy and then you do this or you know just yeah. things that isn't just straight up force. So I wouldn't expect to just get a. Uh, no, I a bonsai for political. Either. I mean, you, you could flavor it if you wanted. You know, fiery oratory. <laughs> get plus two political skill. Lose an honor. Get another two political skill. You're really convincing, but you kind of embarrassed yourself. You had that outburst. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, you you triggered an outburst on your. Uh, you took too much. Oh, what is it? Uh, strife. Strife. You took too much strife and triggered your outburst. Yeah, I was gonna say strain, but no, nope. that's the other. That's the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Although there are, I mean, court mask, spyglass. It's not just ornate oh, yeah. fan for for stats. I mean, in the height, height of fashion, fashion as well. Although I'm inclined to think that's not um, a great play. It's okay. When you can have four and say, I'm going to drop my shinobi, my shinobi is really well-dressed, she's going to go take your province, okay, she bounces up and, you know, leaves her uh, dress on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All Uh, all you see is the the kimono, and she's gone. I I don't know why you're talking about ninjas. (laughs) Every time I play her, I I give this line to my opponent. I I did not play a ninja. I don't know what you're talking about, but clearly there's no ninjas on the board. (laughs) Yeah, look, look. Do you see anything? No. Come on, bring the Kitsuki in here. I bet even the Kitsuki will find that there are no ninja. <laughs> but he will probably kneel in something and touch it. <laughs> I guess the Kitsu- what the Kitsuki does is then says, wait a minute, there is a ninja around here. Let me look at your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you know. she is. Into the discard pile with you. <laughs> Good times. That's cute. Now now that really makes me want to do that in the game. Like, I have, like, to actually, like, use the Kitsuki to get, 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 regardless of whether or not it's the correct play at the time. <laughs> I don't know what that ninja was doing in my hands. We have no previous, yeah, okay. I'll stop I, yeah. now. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up today. Uh, look for an uh, episode of, who knows, maybe episodes. Like you remember, you remember when uh, Strange Assembly used to have things like two plus hour long set reviews, or like we'd record a set review and I'd have to split it up into three episodes so that it it wasn't like one three and a half hour long long mess. I don't think we're gonna do that, but you know we'll see. <laughs> but that that should be coming, and then something either here or on the website about the RPG beta as well. You know, you don't you don't want to do six weeks of uh, three hour inter uh, three hour podcast for each of the packs. The packs could actually work pretty well for that because that's that's a kind of a digestible amount to talk about. Although I'm going to admit that given my life and you know like you can look at our you listener can look at our release uh, dates. I actually putting out something once a week seems a bit ambitious for, <laughs> for the way I actually operate these days, but. I mean, uh, but yeah, the- theoretically, it would be a man. It would be manageable to record an episode once a week talking about each of those packs as it comes out. But the base set's a lot more cards than that, mm-hmm. uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens with that. But there is, I I do plan to do that. I just 
we'll just have to see what the length ends up being. But you've been listening to Strange Assembly, your Legend of the Five Rings and tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to the podcast there through the Apple Podcast app or iTunes and through the Google Play Music Store. You can also find us at the usual social media places. We are at Strange Assembly on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Strange Assembly. You can also reach me directly. I'm Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. I always do like to hear your thoughts and feedback, be they positive or negative. But until then, for Mike Cook, I'm Chris Stevenson, and you've been listening to Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.